0: I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story, and we hope this sermon can guide you along that path. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. Good morning, church. I'm Adam Seat, lead pastor here at Orange, and I'm thankful that you have chosen to spend this time with us this morning. Can you believe it's the fourth Sunday of Advent? It just seems to have gone by so fast. And so, as we draw closer and closer to that special day, I invite you now to enter into this time, preparing our hearts and minds fully to receive that which God has for us. Let us pray. God of grace, God of mercy, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Today, as we draw near with one another, Lord, I pray that you might speak to us. As we have already received your word, as it has been written now, would you uh, speak to us once again? Lord, take the words that proceed from my mouth, change them into the words that we need to hear as individuals and collectively, as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Everyone dreams at night. Now, I hear some people say, I never dream or I don't ever remember the dreams that I have, but we all dream at night and I know that I've experienced it before where one time my wife had a dream and I was in it and I did something that she was not happy about. And when she woke up, she remembered every detail of that dream. So much so that I suffered the consequences for days. She couldn't even hardly look at me. She was so mad. And I had to remind her, it was just a dream. It did not happen. But sometimes those dreams seem so real. I often have had those kind of dreams that I'll wake up and I'll have to try to ask myself, did that really happen or not? In fact, just a week or so ago, I woke up with one of those dreams. In that dream, it was so vivid. It was Christmas Eve, and as Pastor Corey just mentioned a few minutes ago, we had planned out so many of these worship services, inviting 25 people at a time to come and attend and worship, and we were so nervous because it seemed like every day that we added a new service, Uh, it was getting filled up and we'd have to add another, and the demand was overwhelming, but we were prepared, we had thought through everything, and then in my dream, it happened. We show up, we're ready for the first service, we go out. And instead of finding 25, we find 200 people have shown up. And we're wondering, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We thought we were only having 25, and now we've got 200 out in the parking lot. And soon, I had to call on one of our very own. In the dream, I called Drew Cabe, a police officer with Chapel Hill Police Department. I called Drew and said, Drew, you got to get down here. It's chaos. And soon, there was violence breaking out in the parking lot of Christmas Eve worship services. And some of you are probably watching this right now and say, Adam, chill. Yeah, you're probably thinking I'm a little stressed about Christmas Eve. Well, I am. I am. And that dream seemed so real, I woke up and I did not know what to do. I got up, I walked around the house for about 30 minutes because I was scared of going back into that dream, scared that I was going to fall back into that very same dream. And you know what? When I finally went back to sleep, I was back in the same dream. So if you're coming to Christmas Eve, let's try not to have violence in the parking lot. Let us remember that holy night. God speaks to us sometimes through, through dreams or through visions. And sometimes we recognize it when it's happening. Sometimes we don't. I know that when I look through the Scriptures, I love when I find all those different times that, that God speaks through, whether it's a vision or a dream. I mean, we think back to how God gave a vision to Abraham and reminded him of the promise, of the covenant that he had made with him. We're reminded of how Jacob, Jacob had a dream of angels ascending and descending upon the ladder to heaven. We know Joseph, son of Jacob, he was a dreamer. He had dreams of his brothers bowing down before him and worshiping him. But not only was he a dreamer, he was one that interpreted dreams. God spoke through those dreams, God has used visions and dreams throughout the Scriptures to break through the consciousness of humanity. Now, when God spoke to Joseph, God spoke to Joseph in a dream, Joseph, that that Mary was with child, and that that child was to be Emmanuel. And that he would truly believe and know when he woke up that this was the Son of God. Now, unlike when God spoke to Joseph in a dream, to Mary, God sends Gabriel. Gabriel shows up in person. Well, I guess we should say in angel. He comes and he appears right there to Mary. And he tells her, he says to her, greetings, favored one and i can only imagine when this happens that mary probably had to think is this really happening am i dreaming is is this real and in our lesson today <coughs> we pick up with the after the announcement that elizabeth is pregnant with john who would be john the baptist and she's already in her sixth month of pregnancy And that's when Gabriel appears. Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary had to be thinking in that moment, holy Emmanuel. And Luke records that she was much perplexed and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And then Gabriel lays it all out for her. Don't be afraid. You found favor with God. You will conceive And bear a son that you will name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High, and God will give him. (coughs) Excuse me. Could I? So Gabriel's laying it all (coughs) out, (coughs) and he's saying that this is what will happen. It's not that it's already happened. No, Gabriel's announcing what will happen. And Mary may have already heard all of this about finding favor with God and that she will conceive and bear a son named Jesus. And she might have at first been thinking, Oh, that's great, Joseph and I are going to have a child. But as Gabriel continued, she began to hear this would not be Joseph's. This would be the son of the Most High. Mary asked, How can this be since I am only a virgin? Well, Gabriel had that answer for her as well. That the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The child will be born, will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. Now, as Gabriel is announcing what will happen, he now gives her this information that she may not have already known Elizabeth is in her sixth month of pregnancy with a son. And even though everyone had thought that Elizabeth was barren because she was way beyond childbearing age, he, he, he tells her that Elizabeth is with child. And I don't care who you are, but what he says next is a real kicker. For nothing will be impossible with God. For nothing will be impossible with God. Right there where you are, say that with me. Nothing will be impossible with God. That's this beautiful message that he's giving to Mary in this moment. As she's received this news that she is with child, it'll be from God. And that her relative Elizabeth is already with child. Nothing will be impossible with God. Now, I can imagine that Mary is bewildered, perplexed, confused, amazed, stunned. But she replies, here I am, servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. The news that Mary has received has got to have been disorienting and bewildering because it was threatening to her life. Now, we know ultimately that Mary will sing, My soul magnifies the Lord. But she's not ready to sing just yet. Can you imagine how completely alone Mary must have felt at that moment? The news that she has received, as wonderful and amazing as it was, it had to be terrifying and confusing. What would Joseph say? What would Joseph do? What would everyone say about her? What would her family think? What would her friends think? There was certainly no one else who could understand what Mary was going through. Or was there? As Gabriel told her about Elizabeth was with child, maybe Elizabeth could somewhat understand. I mean, Elizabeth was already in her sixth month of pregnancy and you can imagine the looks and the stares that people gave to Elizabeth, a woman that age. What's she doing? The whispers behind her back. Perhaps Mary thought that if there was anyone who could imagine what she was experiencing, maybe it was Elizabeth. Elizabeth. And so the scripture says then that Mary hastily set out in that 90-mile journey to Ein Karim, which is where it's traditionally believed that Zechariah and Elizabeth lived not far from Bethlehem. And so it takes this several days journey that she surely had traveling partners because it would be unsafe for her to travel alone, especially such a distance. But I imagine even though there were people there with her, She felt alone, carrying this news that Gabriel had given to her. I can only imagine how overwhelming that must have felt. I bet she didn't tell anybody. I bet she kept it all to herself, because who would believe her? Who would understand? Who could imagine? And so, as she's on that journey, I can see her processing that. Did that really happen? was it just a dream? Did I really see Gabriel? And after that several days journey, they arrive in the hill country of Judea. And she arrives at the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And upon greeting, Elizabeth feels the baby leap within her. And as this is in her sixth month of pregnancy, it's neat to imagine that this might have been one of the very first times she ever felt the baby kick or move like that. And she's overwhelmed. She's overwhelmed with this Holy Spirit that the Scripture says immediately the Holy Spirit consumes her, overflows And she begins to exclaim, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the voice of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Now, now Mary's ready to sing. Yes, then, only after Elizabeth's greeting is when Mary breaks forth into song. My soul magnifies the Lord. Why only now? Why didn't she sing the Magnificat after Gabriel gave her the news? Why didn't she sing the Magnificat as she was on that journey to see Elizabeth? Why did she not sing until now, at this point? Because now she knows She's not alone. She's not alone. For that news that she had received, Elizabeth has now confirmed. And now she can break forth into the joy of what the Lord was doing. She was no longer alone. And she knew God was with her. In these moments, we feel so alone. In this time of isolation, as we withdraw from others and we miss out on different gatherings and celebrations and times of being together, it feels so alone. And we may even be looking back over this crazy year and thinking, did this really happen? Who could have dreamed what we've been through? But I believe that even in this time, Even when we feel so alone, that God is still speaking to us. And God is saying today that God, He is with us. You are not alone. And even though, like Mary must have felt like she was the only one, even though she probably felt so completely isolated in the news that she had received, once she understood that she was not alone, she can break forth and give that praise and that glory and magnifying the Lord. May we look for the ways that God is breaking forth into our consciousness. May we look for the ways that God is showing up in our lives even in 2020. And May we look for the ways that we can share that love so that everyone knows they're not alone. God is with us. Let us pray. Lord God, in those moments that we do feel so alone, may you break forth. May you break through. Show us that you are there. But Lord, also give us those ways that we might be able to reach out and to share your love with others. May we make those calls, make those visits, write those notes. May we do whatever it takes so that others know in these moments they are not alone. That you are the God who will never forsake us. You are the God with us. Today, whether it's through a vision, whether it's through a dream, or whether it's through the gift of love shown by others, may we feel and may we know. You are with us. We pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangebethodist.org.